Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Selks. This is the Expecting Aerialist Podcast. How's it going, guys? Thanks so much for being with me. If you check the show notes, there's a link there for Aerial Rehab, the new three-part video series that I'm working on. It'll go straight to inboxes for free. Go ahead and check there and sign up. Also, the free mini course by Wrap Your Head Around Selks. If you just want to get a taste of my teaching style for free, check out there. All right, guys. Today we have Haikui Oganesian. She is actually a student of mine. She's a mom of three. She just had her third boy. And uh, she started her aerial yoga journey at Upflying Yoga here in LA. And uh, she has had her aerial practice and gone through the journey of having her three kids and I just think her story is really amazing and wanted to share it with you. Okay, here we go. Let's get started. Okay, so uh, my name is Haikui Oganesian. I was born in Armenia. Um, I later moved to the United States when I was a toddler and uh, grew up here. And um, I actually started aerial yoga in 2014 when one of my friends told me about a cool um, upflying yoga studio that I decided to try for the first time. It was just a level one yoga aerial class. And I fell in love since that first class because just being in the hammock and being able to do all those stretches and moves felt so good for me uh, versus like grounded yoga. And then the inversion was the best part of the class when I got to go upside down. And after that, I just continued going to the weekly yoga classes. And um, shortly after I started, a few months later, I found out I was pregnant with our first son. I have three boys now with our first son. And I continued doing aerial yoga with my first pregnancy until the very end, until basically 38, 39 weeks. So it was a really nice experience for me. Um, being especially at the end when we would do Shavasana and I would be laying in the hammock and I would feel my baby kicking inside while I was, you know, like a little cocoon myself in that hammock and he was inside me. Um, it was a really, it was a really nice experience, a really um, memorable experience for me. First time feeling that, um, like, I don't actually know the story. It's such an integral part of your first pregnancy and that you only came to it right before you're pregnant. I had no idea. I thought you were in it before that. No, I started in June 2014 at Flying Yoga and in October I was pregnant. And at first I was worried. I said, oh, no, am I going to have to leave this now hobby or my what I love doing once a week? And um, after speaking to the owner and one of the instructors, Kim, she told me that it's completely safe. And I actually took some prenatal yoga classes with her, too, while I was pregnant. Um, I found that very helpful. I had a very easy uh, birth. Um, I was in labor for a few hours. And then um, I actually had my first wow. son in 30 minutes. I pushed him wow. out. Yeah. <laughs> and did you, uh, like, what was the experience for you? Um, I had to be induced because I was um, 41 and a half weeks and he wasn't coming naturally in any way. Um, I tried it a million things. And so I just had to be induced. But after induction, um, probably maybe like five hours after being induced, I went, um, I was fully dilated and ready to push. And I pushed him out in 30 minutes. 
and um, I had a normal recovery. Um, six weeks after I was cleared, after my OB cleared me, I went right back to aerial yoga, um, continued doing it for another year until I was pregnant again with my second son. And you guys planned, planned the second pregnancy? Yes. 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 We wanted them close in age. We wanted them to be, um, to grow up, you know, with similar interests and just to be really close. So, um, I, I was, my oldest son was 10 months when I was pregnant with our second son and they were born 18 months apart. Did you, were you still breastfeeding your first while you were pregnant? Yes, I was breastfeeding my first. And, um, once I was, he was like one years old, I had to stop because I started having like mini contractions while I was breastfeeding. And then my OB said, you need to stop breastfeeding because it can cause you to, your uterus is contracting and it could cause you to have a miscarriage. So I, my goal was one year. So it was perfect. It was right on time. I stopped, had a little break, a six month break until I had (laughs) second baby. And then I had someone latching onto me again for a whole other year. So I had a very little period of time to myself. And I met you sometime after your second kid was born, right? Yes. So after baby number two, I, so I did the whole, the whole pregnancy with baby number two. I did the same exact thing. I went to applying yoga. I did only aerial yoga classes. I went up to class. I went to class to aerial yoga classes until I was 38 weeks um, pregnant. This one, uh, the second one came at 38 weeks. I I had actual contractions. I knew what it was like to actually be naturally in labor versus uh-huh. being induced. Um, so I went, I had him in 20 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> I wish I had like these like really tough stories no. of like really long No, I laboring. feel like I, I, we hear so many <laughs> of those and I feel like it might be good for my listeners to get one of these stories because it doesn't have to be so hard. I mean, um, but you talk about Kim and Kim Simonetti, right? Uh, She actually was my very first, my very first guest on this podcast. Oh, I've heard that interview. I really enjoyed your guys' interview. Yeah. So she's (laughs) awesome. And she also has that spinning babies technique in her practice, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So she had so much knowledge to impart on you, which is great. Yes, I, I was very, very lucky to experience both my pregnancies with her. And I asked her a bunch of advice throughout the whole thing. And she was very helpful. And um, yeah, I just I, I had a really good pregnancy with all three. Um, I didn't have any of the nausea, vomiting, any of that stuff. And then I've always loved being pregnant, I think, because I've had it so easy. And the, uh... the delivery and recovery has been so easy. That's why I guess we kept having more. <laughs> Well, I mean, that might have helped, but like, yeah. I didn't have the worst pregnancy yeah. and I hate, I hated being pregnant. Like I hated I it. Oh my God. It was like the best time of my life times three. Well, I think that might, must have a huge impact on like, because in my mind, I'm like, cool, let's have another one. Can you do it this time? <laughs> Asa? <laughs> like, that's how I feel. I'm like, can your body be the vessel this time? It apparently right. doesn't work like that. I wish, I mean, if I was in a lesbian relationship, then I would be like, it's your turn. It's your turn, right? No, I've had a lot of friends that have have had traumatic birthing experiences or pregnancies that have kept them at just one child. You know, it's been like yeah. a horror story. Yeah, depending. But yeah. so when I met you, you were postpartum second baby. Yes. And you were getting, you were 
you were at that time past just the aerial yoga. When did you start like doing silks and hoop and, and, and all that stuff? So after baby number two, I went back again after six weeks and did aerial yoga for a whole nother year. And then, um, post, uh, one year after, um, second baby, I was like, you know what? I think I want to start getting back into shape. I've had two kids back to back. I haven't had a chance to, for it to be about like my, my body and getting back into shape and what I want. Um, so I started <clears throat> a weight loss journey. And, um, as I lost weight, I was like, now I feel like I, I can carry myself up and do all these other things that I see these girls doing, um, in between classes, like all the silks and hammock classes, like aerial dance and hoop. Um, so as I lost weight, I started getting into aerial dance and, um, I was taking dance classes at, um, up and I started dance classes in Womack. So, um, and then once I started that, I, 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 I fell in love with all the apparatuses too, um, especially hoop. Hoop was like one of my favorite apparatuses. Um, and then, yeah, and then um, four years later, I was pregnant again and with our third son. And I asked Kim the same thing. I said, oh, my gosh, this time I'm pregnant, but I've been doing aerial dance and hammock and silks and hoop. Do I do I need to stop? I know it was it's different because yoga is more slow paced. Do I need to stop aerial dance? And she said, no, don't stop because you want to keep up your strength throughout the pregnancy. You just have to make sure you keep it safe with drops and, you know, don't wrap your belly and um she just gave me tips on how to navigate through this pregnancy now with like aerial dance. So um, I was able to stay safe and um, I did aerial hammock and aerial silks uh, dance um, up until 35 weeks pregnant. So I still kept going to aerial um, dance hammock classes and aerial silks uh, classes up until 35 weeks because it was a lot harder to try to lift my body weight. I had gained 20, 25 pounds. It was harder to lift my body weight versus yoga. It was more of like a relaxation and slow paced class. So um, I think I kept going. I, I switched over to yoga the last few weeks because it just felt better on my body. And then baby number three, are you ready? Came out in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was in like shock. Like three minutes from when? Like uh, after you after you um, dilated ten centimeters? Well, yeah, they I dilated at ten centimeters, um, and then they like called the doctor, and the doctor got there in like ten minutes, and then um, I also called my mom at the same time as they called the doctor. I was like, "Mom, hurry up!" And she was only ten minutes away too. I was like, "Hurry up!" because they were allowing more than one person that week. Um, they had just changed the regulations because of COVID. They were allowing more than one person. I'm like, mom, hurry up, come. Cause she was present with my other two birds. Okay. So by the time she drove over and she parked and she came in, the baby was in the warmer and she's like, why didn't you call me earlier? I'm like, mom, I called you right when they said I'm ready to push. You're late. <laughs> it only took me three minutes. <laughs> Oh my God. You are, you're like the one percenter. I feel like. Oh yeah. I was in disbelief. This one, I was really in disbelief because it had, I had had a four year gap and I'm like, Oh, what if my body like doesn't know how to push them out easily? What if like, it takes me hours? What if I have to have a C-section? I was really worried. But then like three pushes later, the baby Adonis, our baby boy was on my chest and I'm like, I'm done. I literally asked the doctor, I'm like, that's it. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, are you sure? He's like, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, do you have like the healthiest pelvic floor? Like what's going on there? I have like very flexible hips. I have no, no other flexible part of my body. I don't have 
flexible like legs, back, nothing. I don't have splits. I don't have a bendy back. I just have very flexible hips. And I don't know if they became more flexible because of aerial and aerial yoga, or if that's just how my the body my body is, the anatomy of my body. But I, I blame it on my hips. <laughs> and your body like wants to. Your body, I assume, just loves being a pregnant woman. Yeah. Then. Yeah. That's really the only thing I can it. assume because uh, that is not the case for for all women. And I love that there is an example of this because it's very rare. I think at least the women that I know. If you can sit in a full lotus, there might be chances of an easy birth for you ladies out there. <laughs> a full lotus is when you're um, sitting with your ankles crossed and yeah. you're over your knees. Yes. Hi, Kui. I can do that. That has nothing to do with my tight ass oh, no. pelvic floor. No, it has nothing. No, like your bones. I understand your bones. Like your bone structure is probably quite like amazing for giving birth, but the pelvic floor is just like whether or not it wants to, you, you probably have a really healthy, healthy pelvic floor because a healthy one really like is like a trampoline. It, it's strong, but then it can relax and give and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I, lo- I love this. Okay. So you love being pregnant. Are you like, now you have three boys. You're totally, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? You are outnumbered. I am outnumbered. In your house. Just me. Would you have a fourth just to see if you could have a girl? I don't know. I'm not sure. I go back and forth a lot. Um, I, I don't want more boys. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind more kids. I just don't want more boys. <laughs> I love I love the four I have now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're over here as the fourth. <laughs> it, to- totally. Um, I have a girl. I, I feel like I just love having a girl, right? But if yeah. I had a boy, I would also love having a boy. So, but I do feel like it's nice to like, like in my household of three, like there's two of us and there's Asa. Yeah. You know, well, so he gets I, to deal I, with all the fem- feminine stuff. Right. I don't have to deal with all the feminine stuff. I just have to deal with all the sports and the muddy clothes and <laughs> the wrestling and the blood. <laughs> all the blood. The oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to you now, because you're about a year after your third, right? Yes. He's, he just true? turned a year. He's 13 months, actually. Okay. Are you back in the studio now? Yeah, I've, I went back um, again six weeks after. Okay, so tell us about, t- tell us how it feels, like how do the inversions feel? How does, yeah, how does it feel on your body for those ladies out there who are kind of, you know, going through it, but maybe, you know, kind of confused or not sure what to expect? So um, after baby number two, um, when I started doing aerial dance, it, a lot I, I realized that I have a lot of issues with my with my core. And my second baby was nine and a half pounds, so I definitely have the abdominal wall Wait, separation. The art. You're uh-huh. nine and a half half pounds, and still the baby came out in like however minutes many minutes with no tears vaginally. Yes, no tears, <laughs> and also no epidural. No, I, no, no, I had epidural with all three. No, no, no. I would never okay. go through that pain. <laughs> okay. Not that, I mean, I, 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 I had an epidural as well. Yeah. Ended up with a C-section. But, okay, so you did have a bit of diastasis recti after the first. 
Um, I'm not sure if after the first because I never did dance, so I didn't really. I just did okay. Yoga. So you're I, you're yeah. saying after the second you knew second, about it? Yeah, and he was a really big baby. He was nine and a half pounds. So and it was my heaviest pregnancy that I had. So after that, um, you know, I realized through the through my years of doing aerial, um, as strong as I would get and as much strength and stamina I would build, I, I still suffer till this day, uh, even after baby number three, with a lot of core issues and a lot of inversions. Um, I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I still don't have my inversions like in the air. There's no way I can invert in the air. Um, it's just something that I've accepted that maybe one day, whether through surgery or like even I, I'm, you know, I'm at the studio five days a week. I teach seven classes a week. I am, my inversion is not what I want it to be. It is really shallow and not wide. And even though I have the flexibility, like it's, you know, I, I like have the straddle that some of my beginner students have and it's, it sucks. <laughs> but I also have this beautiful daughter and my body is going to take however long it's going to take. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's not embarrassing because I do feel quite embarrassed about it sometimes. Like it goes back and forth. Like I also have like, a shallow hip socket on my right side. So it comes out of its place often. And I have to not complete dislocation, but like a millimeter. Right. And it creates a lot of pain around the hip. And I have to do all my PT exercises for weeks and see my chiropractor. And that can take a couple weeks and actually have that issue right now. And so I taught all this week without doing a lot of inversions. So like, it's, it's like, okay, well, I can't, really get tons of um, momentum on it because I end up having to nurse it and then come back. So I, I feel that, but I love that you've gotten to a place where, you know, you just keep on working on it, but you don't, it doesn't seem like you have too many emotions around it. I used to, and that was also something I wanted to tell you about. Um, after baby number two, I was always frustrated in class to be the weakest student in class um, during the conditioning portion because I couldn't do the straddles and I couldn't do inverts. I couldn't do meat hooks and all the difficult things that all these other um, you know girls were able to do. And it would bother me a lot. And I would think like, well, am I never going to advance in my aerial journey because I can't do these inversions? I can't invert in the air. And it would bother me a lot. Um, but now, uh, post baby number after baby number three, I don't look at it that way. I just go in there and it's just my 90 minutes or hour that I get to myself to flow, to be in the air, to do what I love. And I don't compare myself to others. I don't um, think about my inversions. I still work on them. I still do them. They don't look great, but I, I look at Ariel now as in one of like my most weighted, most anticipated, most um, the thing that I'm the most passionate about and the most time that I get to myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't think of it as um, I have to grow. I have to um, be able to do this and that and that to be able to get um, results or that might that might sound bad, but like before baby number three, like I had like more goals, like oh I want to perform. Like one of my goals was to have like a hoop um a hoop um solo that I did and I did that at up and then I really wanted to be part of Womack's show, the group show, and I made that a goal for myself to be in that and I worked really hard and I and I got and I did that too, which was one of the best experiences of my life, that performance in 2019, October 2019. 
Um, but now I feel like my priorities have shifted and with having um, three kids and having like being a full-time mom, also working as a nurse, um, Ariel is like the sweetest treat to me. Mm. And I just go there to truly enjoy my 90 minutes. I don't go there to compare myself. I don't go there to, um, I don't have like set goals. I just, I just want to be there. I want to be free. I want to be just me. I just want to be haikui. I don't want to be mom when I'm there. I don't want to be wife. I don't want to be nurse. I don't want to be housewife. I just want to be in the air and flow and I don't care what I look like (laughs) or how strong or how weak I am. I just, I I just want to be present when I'm there. And I never thought I would ever let go of that part of my brain that would always be like, I would always be in my head thinking like I'm not good enough because I've had, you know, two kids and my body's not strong enough. And I would always like talk, beat myself up about it, you know, inside my head. And now it's just, all that is gone and I'm just happy to be there and just flow and be myself. Hi, Kui. Uh, what performance was that in 2019? Was that dance track? When you were pregnant and coming in on your last days of your pregnancy. <laughs> was that, what, what, you were in my number though. You were on dance trap or hoop? No, I was on hoop. You were doing silks that year. <gasps> yeah. Who was the choreographer for you guys? Amanda? Sita. Sita. Yes, oh she was gosh. so amazing. She she was choreographing while she had just had a new baby too. And um it was yeah, it was amazing. It was such a great experience. Yeah, my my bean was born that weekend. Yes, I remember you were like heavily, heavily pregnant. You came into the last day, to the last rehearsal. And I was like, get this thing out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and still trying to finish oh the choreography. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had like half your clothes on, like one, one strap was on, one strap was off and you you were just really pregnant. And I was like, poor Carrie. Yeah. Again, I was not one of those ladies who was loving pregnancy. I was like, this baby needs to be outside of my body. Um, but Haikui, you know, that is, I feel like that's really inspirational. And I don't think I would have said that throughout all of my years of doing this for sure for me, like I've been working at the law for ah, maybe eight years by now. And I really think that my perspective has changed because of people like you. There's a lot of people like you where I realized that becoming professional, like having gains, getting everything was just like the goal. That's, that's a performer's mindset. That's where I was at in my brain years ago. Mm -hmm. And I really think that I have my my perspective has transformed as well because I see a lot of students and I'm realizing there's about a million different types of goals you can have within this practice. Right. You know, sometimes it is just like, this is my 90 minutes of Zen away from my family. Sometimes it's, um, oh my God, one of my students said this and it was hilarious to me, like in a really like dark way. Mm-hmm. I said to her, I said to the, that night of students, it was like a Friday night. I was like, you know, I'm just so impressed at how high level of a hobbyist you guys are. Like, this is not your job. You don't get paid for it. This is not your career. And m- many of them are stronger than me or just their commitment level is just so high. And this, this girl says to me, Carrie, I really appreciate you saying that, but I would like you to know if I didn't have this class, I would literally fucking kill myself. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, whoa. I mean, I mean we were laughing about it. Yeah. 
but no, I mean, it's true. It got me through Ariel has gotten me through so many ups and downs of, uh, I've had postpartum depression with all three. It really? might not have seemed like, no, I didn't know. It might, yeah, I, I had it. Well, first one was the worst because, you know, the first time mom shock where you're like, what did I just get myself into? Somebody kill me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And then number two, it was just too much because they were 18 months apart. It was the stress of like having two kids so close together in age. And um, number three was probably I had it the least because I was just so happy and I got to spend so much time with him and just to see his brothers loving on him. And um, it was it was the least that I was depressed, but it was still there. I still felt it. Um, it has and Ariel helped me so much, like just getting away once a week and just being by myself and, um, you know, getting in there and doing whatever I could has helped my mental health so much, too. Even during the pregnancy, too, when I would do it, I was so calm. I was so happy. Um, yeah, it's it's been a big part of my life for the last eight years. And some people um, would look at me and think I'm crazy when I was doing it when I was pregnant. But people who don't, I feel like people who don't do aerial, they just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they think that you're putting yourself in danger for no good reason and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But mental health is a really good reason. And and mm-hmm. exercise. as Yes, staying active. As well. But Haikui, um, that's so interesting that you had it all mm-hmm. three times. Was it just because like, is like the pregnancy hormone just goes away once the baby comes out. And do you just feel like your body had like, was just had a tendency to go that direction? I think so. I think it was just, um, maybe lack of sleep. Yeah. Um, just being overwhelmed, um, not having a huge support system. Um, because it's it mostly our most most uh, most of the time our three kids my husband and I we raised like ourselves so it's a lot of the load is on us and um just keeping up and you know trying to maintain everything in life while having kids too um but yeah I mean I I'm I'm happy I had Ariel in my life and I plan on continuing to do Ariel as long as I can and. Um, it might sound bad that I like I don't have goals, but I don't it think actually, so. Yeah, it yeah. actually is like a very liberating feeling to like not expect myself, like to put myself through stuff to get to goals in Ariel versus just being free and just enjoying enjoying the time I do get. Yeah, I don't think it sounds bad. I think that might relieve other people to know that that's an okay to, thing to to do because yeah. you know Ariel is such a thing where it just attracts all these A type personalities. We're just like striving and it's like like the ambition is sometimes it's it sometimes puts undue pressure on people when yeah. it's supposed to be fun like at the, at the bottom line like I joke all the time because like the type of coach I am I'm like you're not supposed to have fun we're supposed to be aerialists you know but yeah but that's I mean I'm joking it's like of course <laughs> I I love this thing that we do and I'm and I'm I'm just being sarcastic because I like to be sarcastic in class but um I also feel like I suffered from, for me, I suffer from anxiety anyway, mm-hmm. but I suffered a lot from that. And how, how do you get yourself? Because for me, the answer was therapy and medication at which I can't imagine myself being off of until my chemistry somehow changes. But how did you, how, how did you get yourself out of that postpartum depression each time? Um, 
I think just time, just the first time I was just clueless of how long it's going to last, why I felt the way I felt. I felt very guilty for, you know, having all these selfish thoughts until one day I spoke to one of my friends who was also a mom and her son was, I think, one or two at the time. And she told me something that no one ever told me. I remember being very angry uh, at people who, um, you know, during when you're pregnant and you're having your first baby during all your baby showers or whatever warm wishes people have for you, everyone's always saying the best things about being a mom. And the only thing they really say is like, oh, catch up on your sleep or get sleep because it's going to be horrible or whatever. But that's like the only bad thing you hear. And then, but you have so many other things like when your baby's born that you have to adjust to, like it's a whole lifestyle change that you have to adjust to. Uh, it's not just your sleep, it's everything, your whole life changes. And I was really angry. I was like, how come nobody told me on any of this stuff? Like, why does, why did everyone just sugarcoat motherhood? Yes, it's, it's great. I'm sure it'll be great. Um, but right now I feel horrible. I feel like shit. So, um, I remember one of my friends telling me it's okay to have those feelings that you have. It's okay to, um, you know, have these thoughts of like regretting it or thinking, why, why did I do this? Why did I change my life for, for a baby? I was fine or this or that, or all the thoughts that go through your mind when you do have depression, when your life changes so drastically. And I remember her telling me, it's okay to feel that way. Those feelings will go away. And as time went on and, you know, I feel like it has also to do with your baby when you're, once your baby hits like four or five months and they do more than just eat, sleep and poop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they actually recognize you and smile at you and you feel like you're more than just uh, a nipple. They get milk from a, a woman who changes their diaper and a woman who puts them to sleep when you actually feel that connection and you feel like they know you and they smile at you and you form a bond with them is when my depression, you know, slowly started fading away. So then with number two, I already knew what it was like. And I was just like, okay, it's going to go away. I've been here before. Okay. Number three, same thing. Yeah. Still that's that, that is so hard. I mean, I've spoken to women who like, one had gestational diabetes for all five of her pregnancies. Oh my goodness. You know, like to to go through that and knowing like there's a really good chance that I'm gonna suffer a certain way again. I mean, that that's just like that's like all moms like like wow. Like to to know that and to go for it versus going in a little bit naive, oh, this is gonna be great. I also had um that really crazy shift of identity, like, oh my God, what did I do? Like, I don't, you know, I spent 40, 41 years of my life in a certain certain way. And I'm not even that great at that. I was just saying, you know, like (laughs) getting better now, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I, I don't know. Would it have been an easier transition had I only spent 22, 23 years of my life on my own? And I, maybe because you get so used to Haiku, do you mind us telling us how old you are now? Yeah, I'm 35. Okay, so you're I had first one at 28, then 30, then 34. Yeah, so uh, you're actually 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I have a lot of friends. Like, I just had a friend. You want some cereal bean? Can you ask Papa for some cereal? So the thing is, mm-hmm. is that even though both of us are home, she asked me of course yeah go ask papa bean (laughs) 
always, oh, always. always. Um, I'll be doing like something, washing dishes. Like, mom, can you open this? Like, seriously, my hands are wet. My, I'm washing a dish. Your daddy's sitting on the couch. Like, he's right there. He's free. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Um, yeah, and you know, I just had another aerialist friend turn fifty today, and just wow. you know, it, I, it really, this thing in our lives, just I think it is. It gives us a lot of um, lifeblood, I think. I, yeah. It keeps us young in ways that, you know, physically, obviously, but mentally, emotionally, all that, all that stuff. But I, I didn't know that. I didn't know this whole story. And I love not knowing when I go into these things because yeah. <laughs> um, it just brings curiosity to it. I feel like, like you really kind of suffered more on the back end than the front end. So prenatal was was nothing to write home about and then postpartum is just kind of kind of a tough thing did you did you do the pt i don't remember if you said it that did you go through Um, pelvic floor pt at all no i didn't no okay i just wanted to add one more thing like i felt very ashamed of the feelings i was feeling but then once i realized that it was normal I, i became like a very big um advocate of like helping or talking and like making sure that um new moms could reach out to me and like talk to me about anything because I always pictured myself and what I went through and I'm like you know these moms my friends or whoever they are they might be feeling the same things I'm feeling and if someone can tell them early on like it's okay you're gonna be okay like please don't hesitate to like reach out to me and I've and I've told a few moms like right before giving birth and after birth, like, you know, just because I didn't want them to have those feelings like me. And it was because of that one friend who said that one sentence to me that it really changed my perspective. And it's, it's, I, I feel like I'm not ashamed to say that a lot of moms after having, especially their first baby, they're like, what the hell did I do? Why did I do this? Even though, you know, it's, it might look, it might seem as like, it's something horrible as a woman, as a mom to say that you would, you don't want your child, but you can't help those feelings when your life has just changed. It went from, you know, um, it, like a 180 or 360 change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Haikui, do you have any advice for somebody like me? Like, okay, so I'm a new mom. You're, you've been a mom for many years now. How do you balance like being like how how much do you work a week? Like being a nurse, I work uh, tw- two times a week, twice a week. So you have to do two shifts a week as a nurse. Yes. What's up, Bean? Bean, can you give me like a couple more minutes and then I'll come? Okay. <laughs> she just she just pooped in the potty for the first time ever today. Oh. Oh my gosh. I know. So good. Um, How do you, like, do you have any advice for women out there who are new moms balancing the kids, the work, and your relationship? Because from the outside looking in, I'm sure it's not the case, but you guys look fucking perfect. You guys, I'm sure that is not the case, but like you guys, like you guys are so Instagrammable, like your husband's good looking, you're beautiful, your kids are so gorgeous and you just look so beautiful and happy. You know what I'm Um, saying? Yeah. It takes a lot of hard work to maintain the 
busy, busy, busy lifestyle that we have between school and uh, music lessons and uh, sports. Each, each of one of our sons, our oldest two play like two sports each, which means they have two practices a week each and two games each um, plus school, plus homework, plus me being away for two days out of the week, plus me trying to get away once a week to do aerial. It's a lot of work. And I cannot even tell you the last time my husband and I went on a date, just me and him, because our whole lives are consumed by our kids. (laughs) Um, but we just try to, whatever downtime we have when, you know, they're sleeping to catch up on us and our relationship by even just watching a movie or just laying in bed and talking and, um, or, you know, talking or having um, dates with our whole family. We, t- we, we go on family dates, Carrie. <laughs> no, and that's what we do. And I feel like, yeah. um, like girlfriends, like nobody specific, but everybody's like, oh, go find date night. But we want to have her with us. Yeah. Like yeah, we want to go like, to dinner with you, her. Who do you trust with your three kids or one kid or... Or, you know, or, or you're, you're going to spend the whole time probably thinking about what she's doing or if she's okay. So might as well just take her with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's what we do. But um, yeah. no, you, I mean, it, it just must be. Does it feel sometimes really difficult? It does because I feel like, um, you know, before kids, we were obviously it was just me and him. So we were together all the time going wherever we wanted and doing whatever we wanted. But, um, you know, having kids slows that part of your marriage or relationship down a lot but as long as you know you keep the everyday like you know um alone time a little bit going I think it's okay and as long as you guys are on the same page and um you know raising our family together where we've just grown to be used to you know not having a ton of alone time like we used to and we used to just be dating when it was just me and him Yeah, I have a friend, uh, her and her husband are both good friends of mine, and they just had their third. They have a, she has a stepson, one of them is from another marriage, but then two, and they also have three boys. Oh, wow. And um, right before the bean was born, I told Eric, her husband, uh, Gail and Eric, I was like, Mm -hmm. Eric, I'm never going to be alone again. Nope. And, And he goes to me, is that a bad thing? Yeah. And I remember that like that. I was like, oh, well, maybe not. So, (laughs) but it is different when they start to like have a personality. Like I always used to think like, oh my God, when she grows up, she's growing so fast and all the baby stuff, all the baby clothes, I have to get rid of them. But it it turns into you, you have to leave the baby stuff behind, but then her personality starts coming out and then, oh my God, it's so fun to hang out with her. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, there, there's a lot of times where I crave alone time. Um, but I only need like maybe an hour to like reset and be able to like, you know, go back into mom mode. And I think it's natural to also feel those feelings of frustration or wanting your alone time, even if it's sitting in the car for an extra, you know, 30 minutes before going into the house or um, staying in the bathroom a little longer, you know, just to have a little bit more of your own time before you go back into mom mode or or wife or housewife mode. Hi, Kui, you have boys. Does that mean you get bathroom time by yourself? No. Oh, (laughs) man, I thought maybe that was a given. The older two, yes. Okay. But Adonis, the baby, he follows me into the bathroom all the time, so... Now I just put him in the bathtub and <laughs> let him just 
play with toys in the bathtub without the water on until I'm done. <laughs> well, I mean, I I joke about it, but the only time I go to the bathroom by myself is when I'm at work. Yeah, of course, basically, because I have a girl. Yeah, yeah, yes, Bean. They follow you everywhere. You can't hide, Carrie. Hold on, what, what, baby? <laughs> I can't hide. Is the end of this podcast? You cannot hide. <laughs> We're coming. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but it's it's all right. But I thought to my, you know, like I thought maybe if you had boys, that meant that your bathroom is a zen space and you have candles. No, no. I don't care. You know, I with boys, like I don't have one, and I'm like a little scared of the little boy. I'm like I don't know what to do with that thing. Like yeah. the boy overall. It's it's way easier than like like cleaning wise. It's way easier than a girl. I feel like I feel like I would be so lost if I had a baby girl. Like, oh. what do I do with this? No, like front to back. That's it. That's the only thing you got to know. Front to back. Front to back. <laughs> yeah, with boys, you just get peed on because you just open a diaper and it's a fountain. It's <laughs> amazing. And then the best is when they when the fountain goes towards their direction into their face, and then they start crying, and you're like, you did it to yourself, though. Well, I don't have nothing to do with this. You did it. I love that. But also like later on, then your then your husband can step in for all those convos, for all those conversations. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm not looking forward to those. He can have all those. <laughs> well, I look forward to see you know why I never see you is because you usually take hoop class, right? Yeah, you need to start teaching hoop again. I feel like there's a lack of a 1.5, like a good solid 1.5, because beginner um is like very beginner. Yeah, it's like getting on. And then advanced is um, the the level like twos are like super advanced stuff that like I would be scared to go back to. Um, uh, well, also it's because it's somebody called Amanda Ritchie and she is a badass. She's a badass. I used you know I took her classes for like a year and a half straight and I used to do the craziest shit. And when I look at my videos, I'm like, I can't believe I risked my life like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not doing that now. I have three people I have to live for or four. Four people. Four people I have to live for. I'm not. I'm not dropping from the span set to the floor. <laughs> like no, not happening. No, Haikui doesn't like to be above the above the hoop very often. We've had this conversation in class. Oh yeah, you remember? Yeah, no, remember of course I remember. I remember. I was like, but when you're on silks and you're ten feet up, it's just not, not the same feeling. She's like, it's <laughs> it's not. But I'm still not liking this. But um, well, thank you for your feedback. I might bring that to the attention <laughs> of my employers. Um. But okay, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you're uh, in this space, even though I don't necessarily see you. And I feel like mm-hmm. this your story will resonate with a lot of ladies out there in the world because uh, I feel like I've had a lot of stories on here, and the opposite problem happens. Like their pregnancies mm-hmm. are terrible, but then baby comes out, and all the problems are not there anymore for some of them. Yeah, and then a lot of these like really super ambitious. Uh, and ambition ambition can be great but it it can it can hold people back because it it can get in people's way of actually mm-hmm. enjoying their practice i think because right. um you know I, I feel like aerial can be for everybody but not necessarily yeah. every day of your life it, you know it yeah it's it's a journey it's not it's okay it's yeah. okay whatever level you're at it's okay it's going to be fine <laughs> don't mind the girl doing all the crazy advanced stuff next to you you're fine just the way you are <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, you just don't know what life path they're on, too. Right. Yeah, you just don't you just don't know. I I struggle with it all the time because a lot of things that come easy don't come 
easy to my friends don't come easy to me. And yeah. then the things that I use my example all the time with my students, because I'm just like, look, my, my best, my best friends are like Sarah Mnofsky and, and Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're so strong. <laughs> they're beyond strong. And like, yeah. you know, I struggle on my own version two weeks out of the month, you know? So, That's but okay. I have different have skills. <laughs> yeah. And you have a beautiful bean and any time for any fraction of a second now post baby three, if I, if anything tries to run through my mind, I'm like, I have three beautiful boys and I'm just mm-hmm. so lucky that my body allows me to be here. My mind is, is doing good. My mental is doing good. And I'm just happy I'm here and present and I'm a badass. <laughs> yeah. And Haikui, you're gorgeous up there. You know what I'm saying? You're, Thank you. you're gorgeous and your family's like Instagram, like gold star, you know? So- <laughs> <laughs> which is which is important to a lot of people, not necessarily to us, but um no, it's it's like you're you're awesome and you're such a you're such a uh positive energy in the space too, which is great. Thank you. I'm so flattered and I'm so thankful. I didn't get a chance to tell you to say thank you for inviting me on oh, your of course. podcast. I've I've listened to several interviews and I love it and it's it's very informational, very um helpful for for moms for aerialists and whoever is out there listening and thank you for considering me um I was very flattered when you reached out to me oh of course but it's it's also it's also because I want like every type of story you know like yeah I think it's important to get the diversity um geographic diversity the diversity in your story you know everything yeah so, um, I, I was like, what are you, what are we going to be talking about? <laughs> and you're like, you, I'm like, what? You want to hear about me? <laughs> oh, of course. I want to hear all about you. Um, yeah. So, so thank you, Haikui. Thank you, Carrie. All right. Thank you so much to Haikui for being here and sharing your story with us. We appreciate you so much. And listeners, go to the show notes to get the link for both Aerial Rehab and the mini course by Wrap Your Head Around Silks. And as always, uh, my Instagram, free Aerial Silks content every week. And then the book that I have, Understanding Aerial Silks. All right, guys. uh, All those links are also in the newsletter. If you don't get that, uh, if you sign up for any of that stuff, you'll also get the newsletter. I really appreciate you for being here. If you would honor me with five stars and a review where you get your podcasts, I would love you forever. Thanks so much for being here. I'll see you next time. This is the Expecting Aerialist.